I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast, supported by Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes, made with only two ingredients, 99.9% purified water and a drop of fruit extract. From fertility to birth to taking care of ourselves, here we talk to women about their own unique experiences of motherhood. The insane joy and the anxious defeat, the love, the laughs, the tears, and the moments that we don't talk enough about. This season is supported by one of the most essential products for every mum. From that first nappy change to those messy winning months, water wipes. Winners of seven National Parenting Product Awards 2021, including Best Baby Wipes, water wipes are proven to be purer than cotton wool and water, making them ideal to help protect and gently cleanse sensitive skin. As the number one baby wipe in Ireland, together we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products and this podcast. In this episode, I get to pick the brains of nutritionalist Dr. Michelle Hone, founder of The Fit Clinic, to talk about why it can feel so hard to care for our own health needs as mothers and what daily practices we can do to support ourselves. Since becoming a mother, Michelle's empathy for this new reality and how little time we have has grown massively. She can now also see how much pressure and stress we can put on ourselves as women in this phase of our lives pressure and stress, which is having an impact on our hormonal health. Through her work at the Fit Clinic, she and her team are focused on empowering women with the tools and knowledge to look after our own nutrition and well-being, because if we fall, our family crumbles. We talk about the power of a deep breath, how our periods are a vital sign for what's happening within us, why we should love ourselves when we can only give 1%, and how making ourselves a non-negotiable is the most loving thing that we can do for our families. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me on Every Month the podcast. I have been following you on Instagram, being completely inspired by the hints and supportive tips, but also the education that you provide. I'm feeling like I. I'm, there's still so much that we weren't taught about how our bodies work and how we need to support ourselves. And some days you feel like I'm failing at everything and I'm, I'm overworked and I have no sleep and I'm doing my absolute best. And it's still not good enough because my body just feels like totally unsupported. And then sometimes I come across your posts and I'm like, oh God, yeah, because I didn't do all of that stuff for me. Yeah. And, I forgot about me in this and I love that you know you and and people that you work with and accounts like yours are here for our generation to Mm. finally remind us that like our bodies are finely tuned and it's okay for them to fall out of balance and there are ways with which we can put ourselves back together again. Yeah 100% I think a huge part of it really is that all of the research in terms of health is mostly done on men and we've kind of just taken that Sing it. Sing and just kind of assumed <laughs> that our physiology is just the same but it's so much more complex I always say like no offense to men but our physiology is just so much more interesting and I think that's why I've really taken such an interest in female health because we are complex and fascinating creatures and we need to be treating ourselves in that way our if you think about it like 
a, a man's health, a man's energy levels, their sex drive, their their motivation, their appetite, their ability to exercise, it all stays the same over the course of a 28 day, over the course of 28 days. Whereas if you look at a woman, it is like up and down like crazy. I, I actually have this graph that I show in presentations and it basically looks at the fluctuations and all of these different parameters throughout a 28 day cycle. And it literally looks like the London underground because it's just so all over the place. And I think we're just really we're on we're in the middle of this this moment where we're really starting to empower ourselves as women about how our bodies work and it's just yeah it's just so incredible to be a part of that. You are a mother running a really important business that you're massively passionate about but collision of motherhood and career for all of us means that we again have less time to look after ourselves, support ourselves, um, do the things every single day that we should be doing to maintain what it is that you're trying to teach us about. But like you're in it, you're in it too. Have you found that that has like given you a different perspective when it comes to supporting clients? Yeah, 100%. I, I actually always say this. I feel like I didn't have the same, I'll be honest, the same empathy when it came to actually working with mothers because I didn't understand how actually time limited you are like when you say that I didn't have time to do that this you actually didn't have time to do this you don't understand that before you have kids I don't think so yeah I've had it just it's just this it's just a whole new world your eyes are just open to a whole new perspective on things and I think as a person you just grow you grow so much when you have a child don't you you just you definitely become so much more empathetic to people and people's situations and understand that everyone is just going through their own struggles and plotting along just trying to make it work but yes I definitely when it comes to business and babies I'm definitely in the trenches and still trying to navigate the balance between being a good woman being a good business owner as well and I don't know if I'll ever feel like I have the balance right I don't know if do you feel like you have the balance (laughs) (laughs) oh god no (laughs) no 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 but I am trying to very very small amounts of trying but I am trying to be like this like the show can't go on if I fall 100% yeah like if I crash it it all comes down like uh, and I had and I've had a couple of instances of that in that like you know I have a dodgy back and on the you know a few occasions if it goes you see how quickly it's like oh my god there's no one not that there's no one okay but we take on so much mm-hmm. of what has to get done and if you're like taken out of the puzzle it's a really hard to fill our spots and it's mm-hmm. kind of made me wake up it was an injury thankfully not an, not an illness but it has made me wake up to like I have to own my health mm-hmm. and I can't allow red flags to keep occurring until crisis yeah. and as I said to you before this, like I copping on to like, well, no one is going to land at my door and say, hey, we're the team that's going to help your health and make you prioritize you. It has to. I have to be selfish and it's not and, and reframe it in my mind that I'm not being selfish by looking after me. I'm actually protecting us all. 100 percent. Yeah, it's such a good way of reframing it. Yeah. 
So what I forget every day. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I was saying to you on a Wednesday, I've started to carve out an hour and a half where I do yoga on the beach and rain, hail or shine. I'm always there. I've been there for the last 10 weeks and I feel like it just anchors my week. And it's only by actually carving out that time intentionally, because as you said, no one's going to carve it out for you. It's not going to land in your lap anymore. The way I used to wake up and be like, hmm, will I go for coffee? Will I grab my training gear and go for a session? So there has to be such intention there. And a couple of weeks ago, my husband, I didn't have childcare at the time. My husband was like, oh, I have a meeting at 9 a.m. And I was like, well, you're just going to have to reschedule that meeting because this is literally my hour and a half. And it's only by actually taking that hour and a half that I'm starting to see this ripple effect mm. on all other aspects of my life in a beneficial way where I'm a better mother. I'm more productive when I do sit down to do my emails and do my work. I'm just able to give so much more it's I know this is such a cliche but you can't pour from an empty cup it's just so true and it's only by actually taking that hour and a half and seeing that ripple effect that it's so beneficial that I'm starting to say to myself okay like maybe I'll just take it 10 minutes and just pop out into the garden because I can't do it in the house because all I can see is the mess that I need to the to-do list that I need to do and the mess that I need to clean so I just pop out of the house and just sit with myself and just be present and just ask myself okay how are you doing today because how many people ask you or when do you ever ask yourself that question what happens when the answer is not great I suppose we just have to look at what we're doing what how like is that a moment where you've just look you haven't looked after yourself you haven't asked yourself that question in how long in months you've just been running on autopilot and giving 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 and not actually filling your own cup and looking at strategies to look after yourself a little bit better, ask for help more is a huge thing. We're not great at asking for help because it feels like a failure. feels like I should be able to do all of this because no one taught me you can only do it all if you're well. Like Mm -hmm. if you sleep, which we don't, if you have, you know, good balanced nutrition, which is really challenging when you often get through the day eating the discarded crusts of toast. <laughs> um, even just headspace and clutter and moving at a pace, you know, so I'm at a place now where my toddler will not sit in the buggy. So my fast walks are gone. So now I need to find another time in my day where I get out for like the little walk with children so that they get movement and fresh air. And then I have to build in a second walk so that I can walk at any sort of aerobic pace. And it just feels like asking us to take care of ourselves is really, it's another job. It's another job to do. And it kind of, it doesn't help the, the guilt when it feels like oh my body should look a certain way my energy should allow me to accomplish all of these things that I'm seeing other people be able to do um yeah it can really kind of make you feel like I'm not I'm not doing it good enough yeah and I think a lot of us I like I'll hold my hands up and say I'm a total perfectionist and the thing that I'm realizing is well we all know that you can't be the perfect mom but when you have so much on, you can't be perfect at everything. You can't give everything 100%. And you just have to accept that 
being a good enough mom, being a good enough entrepreneur, being a good enough wife, being a good enough friend, family member. That's all we have. That's that's the most that we can give. And we just have to let go of this idea that we have to be like holding it all together. And sometimes, as you said, it's just all going to fall apart around us. And it's just accepting that that's just motherhood and life. And we're all going through the exact same thing. That's the most important thing to say. So forget about what social media is saying. We're all going through the exact same thing. We're all failing all around us. Yeah. <laughs> we do. What is a positive around social media, though, is the transfer of education um, and making it so accessible and particularly around our hormonal health, our menstrual health, our reproductive health Um and it's probably only at the point of even in this season, spoke, I spoke to um, a guest, Ruth Ann, around how, you know, it wasn't until she came off the pill and tried to conceive that actually the symptoms of um, of her endometriosis kind of erupted. And, you know, time and time again, from these conversations that I'm fortunate enough to have here um, and seeing what women are doing online, I'm seeing how we can just put up with stuff we can assume my irregular periods are normal or you know painful debilitating periods are normal and it's not it sometimes comes to a head when we approach or hit motherhood it's a massive part of your work what are you seeing (laughs) is there is there other things that like as women you're just feeling like time and time again we're like all calling out the same kind of, why is this happening? Why do I feel like this? What is going on for me? So what's interesting is you chatting about kind of listening to your body. So I would always kind of, I would have our period as, put it on this pedestal as our fifth vital sign. So our other vital signs like our heart rate, our breathing rate, our blood pressure, our temperature, if those were off, if you woke up one morning and your breathing rate was through the roof, your heart rate was through the roof, or it was low, or you had a really high temperature and you couldn't get down over the course of a couple of days, you would go to seek medical help. Whereas when we have these horrible, debilitating period pains, or we have a complete absence of our cycle, or we have really bad hormonal acne, or any of those kind of issues, we just accept that, which is just so strange when you think about it. We will go and seek help if, if all of our other vital signs show some sort of a, an issue, whereas we just accept it as normal to have irregular cycles and kind of, in a way, like have fertility issues and have, yeah, debilitating periods where we're taking painkillers for the three days of our cycle every single month. And it's about understanding that that is our period, I would say, is our way, is our body's way of talking to us in the same way as our temperature is a way of telling us that we're unwell, we have an infection. So it's about listening to our body and understanding it's it's red, it's a red flag saying that there's something off. So it's just about becoming more in tune of that and accepting, not accepting these things as normal is a huge thing. And that's what we're seeing time and time again with, with our clients. And then the other thing is like understanding that there's other, there's other help out there. It's not just a case of 
my period is irregular so therefore I should go on the oral contraceptive pill and then people will, go, will a lot of people come to us for fertility so we see it on the other side when they're coming off the pill and what has happened is say for example if they've gone on the pill when they were in their early 20s to um regulate quote unquote I know you can't see me on video but I'm doing the the quotation marks regulate their cycle or regulate their period they go on the pill for 10 years and then when they're maybe in their 30s they want to come off it to get pregnant what they've done is they've just kicked the can down the road to deal with at a later date and that's so important to understand because your concept pill doesn't regulate your period it stops you actually making your own hormones and it's when you take the pill for 21 days and then you you cycle off it you get what we call a withdrawal bleed so it's not actually an authentic period it's just a bleed from the withdrawal of those those hormones and I have absolutely I wouldn't be anti-pill in any way shape or form I think it's an incredible form of contraception I think my issue really is that women are taking it for the wrong reasons so if you are not getting a period in your early 20s or at any time in your life it's your body's way of saying hey listen up there's something wrong here because ultimately we are designed to be reproductive that's that's what we're essentially designed to do so if our reproductive health is off if we are I suppose if we don't have a period we're therefore infertile at that moment in time that's our body's way of saying there's absolutely something up and we have to listen to it and understand that there's alternatives to going on oral contraception because you're not actually fixing the issue you're just masking it and that is what we that's what we deal with a lot we deal with a lot of clients maybe coming to us after years of issues um, or maybe coming off oral contraception and still having those same issues that they had years ago and we just have we just have a little unraveling to do to really get to the bottom of okay what is the issue like if it is what we call hypothalamic amenorrhea where you've you haven't had a period for an extended period of time is okay is it an issue are you over exercising are you overstressed are you under eating and have you lost like a significant amount of weight so these all act as stressors on our body and ultimately if you're telling your body every day that you're stressed because you're under eating or over exercising or like overdoing it with caffeine or really stressed in your job it's like saying to your body this is not a safe environment to bring a baby into because if you can't look after yourself how are you supposed to protect a baby and it's really it's about understanding our two kind of nervous system states so we have not to get too scientific but we have our sympathetic nervous system state, which is our um, fight or flight. Um, it, it is literally engine. It, it's engineered or it's it gears us up to fight or run away from a predator. It's there to protect us from danger. And then we have our parasympathetic state, which is the opposite. So that's our the rest and digest system. And when we're constantly activating our sympathetic nervous system through not sleeping enough, um, over consuming caffeine and stimulants, not eating enough carbohydrates, dieting, like on low, re- really low calorie diets, doing intermittent fasting, over exercising. And I'm not saying that you can't do any of these things, but when you lump them all in together, the cumulative effect is sometimes saying to your body, this isn't a good time to have a baby. And that's what we see very, very often with fertility clients who are facing IVF and I'm not saying there's 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 absolutely a place for IVF it's not a case that everyone can naturally conceive a baby it's so so important and we're so lucky to have that but often it's a case that we need to look at 
their nutrition, their supplementation, their lifestyle, and just bring them to a point where they're really, really looking after themselves and being the best version of themselves. And then often they can conceive naturally. I, I, I was one of those women for sure on my second baby. For yeah, sure. and this is where secondary infertility comes in because I know myself, I'm sure you can agree that you looked after yourself a lot better. You're way more on top of your nutrition before your first baby and you were exercising. You weren't overly stressed. You were obviously getting way more sleep, way more high quality sleep. You weren't on high alert every time yeah. you were sleeping and waiting for someone to wake you up. And that's, you're not eating the same nutrients that you used to eat. So and well, there's even no. just the low level stress of parenting, like the low level, like the constant lookout for danger. You know, I could have gone, I could have, you know, sat on a beach before and actually switched <laughs> off my mind. Whereas now you're doing the same activities, but you're hyper alert exactly. all the time. Like there's no switch off. You're constantly in that sympathetic nervous state that is only geared it's only redesigned for to kick in like every few months when all of a sudden a bear comes along you need to run away from that bear um so a lot of us are living our lives like we're being chased by a bear every single day <laughs> and that's detrimental for fertility and it's not just like seeing a lot of people think okay like oh in ter- like in terms of fertility it's so important to not be stressed but it's not just psychological stress it's it's the it's the mental load of it it's the maybe we're not doing the correct exercise we're not sleeping properly we're in a we're in a massive calorie deficit because we want to get back to our pre like pre-baby body and we're skipping breakfast because we want to get back to our pre-baby body and that is all seen as a stressor on our body so it's not just about psychological stress and I think understanding that is so so important so a lot of clients will come to me and say like oh I don't have any psychological stress but I'm like you're waking up first thing in the morning your stress hormones are naturally at their highest cortisol is what wakes us up in the morning it's what makes us alert you're adding in caffeine on top of that which is going to increase our cortisol and our adrenaline our stress hormones and then you're rushing to the gym and you're doing a training session yes the training session clears your head but again it's another stressor especially if it's like high intensity interval training you're coming home and you're like oh I don't have time to grab grab breakfast I'll I'll have lunch at 12 o'clock and all of a sudden, there's just a massive amount of stress hormones yeah. running around your body. And that is essentially activating our symp- sympathetic nervous system, our fight or flight response. So that is, it's not just, that's kind of just explains that it's not just about psychological stressors. And something that I think, you know, I, I heard it definitely here when I was talking to Peggy, who owns Grand Wellbeing, like our body doesn't understand the English language. So us saying oh I'm I don't have any stress and I don't have any psychological stress or you know it's our body only understands how we make it feel like what we're putting into it how we're allowing it to rest like I could be lying in bed being like there's nothing for you to worry about go to sleep (laughs) but my body's still lying there pumped full of these hormones because I have never well I'm only learning the ways with which I can tell my body, you are safe, switch off that system, switch on this system. You don't need to have this cortisol and adrenaline pumping through. 
It's the fastest ways of moving your body. And it's just so simple. And everyone knows it, but we don't actually think about it. The fastest way you can move your body from sympathetic, your stress response to parasympathetic is through deep breathing. It's that simple. We have it. It's free. It's available all the time. But we don't carve out the time to do it. And I, I think a big part of it is that we're like, oh, it's just breathing. Like, what's that going to do? Mm. But it stimulates the vagus nerve. It actually moves us from sympathetic into parasympathetic very, very quickly, like within a matter of, of seconds or minutes. So understand. And that's why breathing is so important during labor, because you're, as you said, that's actually such a good point. Like our body doesn't understand like the language that we're telling us doesn't understand the English language. Our, our language nearly to our, our nervous system is breathing. Mm. And just to kind of take it back about like carving out time for ourselves as mothers, we have to actively, because we live in this environment where it's like, how much can you get done? You have to go go X, Y, Z. We actually have to actively sit down now because we live in a, we live in an environment that's geared towards constantly having us in that sympathetic nervous system. Mm state that we actually have to actively sit down and push ourselves and force ourselves to actually move inwards into our parasympathetic state Which and if you actually feel stressful you know what I mean like that can feel in itself like I hear you talking there and I'm like yeah but if I'm about to have five minutes in my day that is going to be used to do something proactive and productive and efficient and make me feel like I got something ticked off the list but but and I read this before and it like sticks in my head so much very often taking five minutes for yourself is the most productive thing you can do and I'm like that just makes so much sense and ever since then I'm like okay yeah I'll definitely do a little bit of meditation and so because I'm just a productive person so I it's so it's so much more difficult for people who are constantly kind of living in that kind of almost like masculine energy like do 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 it's very difficult for us to move into our more like zen feminine energy but the way I reframe it is this is a productive thing this will have a ripple effect throughout all of these different aspects of my life so you spoke about how that for you is that yoga on the beach on your Wednesday mornings what have the what are those ripple effects that you have identified Um, I think a big thing is it teaches you to be more patient. I'm not an overly patient person. I just want everything, just a bit of a control freak. I want everything done, efficiently done now. Um, makes me be more patient. It definitely makes me, it gives you an immense like amount of gratitude as well. Like when you actually do yoga meditation and you just feel so much more grounded and connected and not, you're kind of moving into your body as opposed to just living in your, in your head with all of your different to-do lists. And it teaches you because you're present for that. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm definitely not present for the hour and a half because you know yourself, if you've ever gone to do meditation, you're, you're like, oh wait, I haven't been concentrating on my breathing for the last three minutes. I've been thinking about work. Whatever you're present for those pockets of time and you see how, you see physiologically how much better you feel, it forces you to be more present in other aspects of your life. And ultimately, like if you think about it, if we're, I think we're naturally just geared to live on autopilot, like nonstop. And we can reach a point where we've looked back over the course of X amount of years and thought, whoa, that just went by so fast because I didn't actually stop to even. And it's the only way, like if you've, if you've done mindfulness before and if you've actually like thought to yourself okay I remember I was I was it was one of my kind of last breastfeeding um moments with my little boy and it's like it's 
feeling his the warmth of his body it's mm-hmm. sitting feeling the the warmth of his his breath feeling his hair smelling him and i can literally close my eyes and be transported to that moment because it's it was a moment where i was so incredibly present there's other times where i've done it where i'm like walking the beach and like you know when you walk along the, the coast or like walk along the shore and mm. we're just kind of like lapping in and out and if you actually close your eyes because you've been present in that moment in time you can actually feel like you're there again and that's that for me is the ripple effect does that make sense completely because <laughs> we race we race through I feel like the minute we wake up my my his sole ambition for the day is for bedtime to occur like mm-hmm. and then I look back and I'm like it's going too fast mm-hmm. but yet every day I won <laughs> it's it's just one straight goal to make it be over 100% yeah and I think that's the switch that kind of that's a ripple effect that happens for me it's not it kind of teaches you that if you don't stop and be present and I'm not I'm, I'm not great at playing I don't think playing that mm-hmm. comes actually to me as a person but if I can just carve out these moments where whatever playing is for me like it's I'm just I'm not a very imaginative person I think the play naturally comes to some people and for me I'm just a bit like oh god like what do I do here but finding what works for you and being truly present even if it's just for like five minutes in a day because you know yourself you can't sit on the ground to play with your child all day like (laughs) you've got stuff to do but if you can do that and be truly present it's just then you're living like what I would call like you're consciously living if that makes sense instead of living you're, you're living with intention as opposed to just letting life bypass us. I, I did some conscious living yesterday while on the mat with my two when I admitted I was like time and time again I was like you're not playing you're not playing you're not you know I was down there and I thought okay well that's that's enough mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I would like I would I'd play but like it would be like a few minutes and then my head would drift off thinking about I have to do this and to do this or whatever and I was being brought back my attention was being pulled back in as it, as, as it should be and um, mm-hmm. And it was, you know, mama play, mama play. And I did, I kind of turned, I was like, I, I don't know how, I don't know how to play. Like, yeah. I, I'm not, mama's not good as, uh, as good as you are at playing. So m- would you teach me? Would you, yeah. would you teach me how to play? And it changed everything because I didn't have to sit there kind of, you know, pretending. Yeah, <laughs> he felt really empowered because she was like, "Oh, I have something now that I'm better than you at." Yeah, <laughs> and my attention was held because she was talking to me, or you know, and giving me the help and the instruction, whatever that I needed. Instead of me going like, "I don't know what she wants me to do," like, "Do I move the pony up and down in the air?" Do I like what? What? what I can't remember what to do with this. <laughs> That's amazing. That's such a that's such an amazing way of reframing it. It really helped. This podcast is just one way that every mum can support you. Another amazing way is with our free gift bag, packed full of essentials for you and baby, including free samples of water wipes, the number one wipe against nappy rash. To receive yours, just register now on everymum.ie. There's a free gift bag there waiting for every mum. Another one for me is simply just like getting outside can completely shift my mood. Being in nature is another way of act- activating your parasympathetic nervous system, 100%. The other thing that I find so effective, and again, it's been shown in research to 
decrease inflammation and improve our overall health markers is taking off your shoes and walking on the grass or walking on the sand or walking on the ground that has a positive effect like you you literally feel more grounded you feel more connected to the earth and taking it back to walking in nature like another great one is a lot of people find they really really chill out by listening to music which is great but another way is actually taking your earphones out and listening to the birds chirp and listening to the bees buzz and it's just you just feel more connected if that makes sense you just feel more grounded and more present so there are other ways if you find that because a lot of people don't find that meditation or breath work is for them they just kind of feel like they're kind of sitting there being like oh this is stupid my mind is off somewhere else I'm not good at this I'm not going to try this again the other one is journaling and so for me this really works because I'm a doer I'm I like doing things so for me it feels more productive if that makes sense to actually write things down and sometimes it's you open your journal and you just write down I have to do the washing today and I have to do whatever and whatever comes to your mind and then other days you're like whoa like you read the page and you're like whoa that was deep <laughs> and it's just again just about connecting with yourself and for that moment in time putting yourself first for the first time in a week how do you start do you just start with a here's what's in my head and I need to get it out or do you have prompted questions I I, t- I actually started with prompted questions when I started journaling. I find that so much easier. And definitely for clients who are thinking about, who are open to, to journaling, I would go with prompted questions as opposed to just open a blank page. Whereas now I feel a bit more confident at just mm. open a blank page. But some simple things are, what are three things that I'm grateful for? Um, what are what are three good things that um what are three good things that could happen or what are three good things that happened today like whether it's doing it in the morning or doing it in the evening um what a positive affirmation so like I am it starts with I am like I am strong I am able I'm capable and it's just reinforcing the message that yeah we're badass and <laughs> we can do it we might not make it look perfect it might fall fall apart around us but we can still truck on (laughs) so yeah like having those prompts I find really effective for anyone who who was new to journaling it can shift us out of like you know there are some days where you just don't feel good enough like as we said and do you find when you use those statements enough over a sustained period of time like it sinks in and you start showing up as that person now that that badass person who can get stuff done who can achieve it definitely helps um and it kind of takes us back to like what we call like self-limiting beliefs that's essentially for some of us like our our core beliefs are I'm not good enough and whether that's stemming from a place of childhood trauma and I don't mean trauma by in terms of of course like um, abuse is trauma but we're starting to learn that trauma is is a simple we all have childhood trauma that's the thing that we're learning so childhood trauma is, is something as simple as not feeling seen not feeling heard that can can essentially create these core beliefs that we're not good enough where we shouldn't be seen we shouldn't be heard so journaling is is a little way of of definitely challenging those self-limiting beliefs um I definitely do find that that helps yeah journaling is, is a good one 
a lot of your work obviously relates to nutrition mm-hmm. and how we fuel our bodies um, and our relationship with food in general. Um, you know, I love how across the clinic you can speak to somebody depending on, you know, whether it's for female health or whether it's, you know, the relationship that you have with food or your digestive system. Obviously, we know what we hear, that like where our head is at often relates to, you know, again, another how is our body showing up and telling us signs through our gut, through our digestive health um, and treating our bodies as an entire system that's all talking to each other and all relating to each other. And it's just all trying to give us a clue as to what's going on and what it needs. But we sometimes forget to mm-hmm. know how to listen. Not even that we forget to listen. I think we just don't understand how to interpret what our body is trying to tell us. Um, Nutrition can absolutely fall away, I think, for mothers, um, especially in those early few years. As you said, you go from a place where you've complete autonomy over your day. You've complete time to do that, you know, proper shop and preparation Mm -hmm. and cooking good food. And then you're in fight or flight. You're in fight or flight of probably turning to sugar in moments of stress, turning to caffeine to wake you up, turning to some wine to power you down, turning to, well, I don't have time. I'm just going to throw something in the freezer or I'm not going to eat at all. Not necessarily to deliberately to lose calories, but it's just not the it's there's no space. There's no space in the day for you to make that, you know, strong fuel that you need. Um, And then you crash and then you turn to the stuff that you shouldn't eat as soon as the kids are in bed how do we do it how do we make sure that we're caring for ourselves through food first of all is again taking it back to the perfectionist so we have a lot of clients who come to us and their their mindset is like right I'm ready to do this I'm going to do it 100% and I always say to them that's actually not the the, the mind the, the mindset that we want because what's going to happen is like what happens with 99% of, of diets is someone will kind of have this list of foods that they're allowed and have this list of foods they're not allowed and they're doing really well for a few days or maybe even a few weeks and then they have a food that that wasn't on the plan and instantly inevitably human nature we feel like we failed and then we feel disheartened and then we think to ourselves, well I've failed now so I may as well throw in the towel today and very often that can kind of turn into like almost like a binge Mm. episode or or scenario and then it's followed by the next day it's we move into restriction and we over restrict again and when we over restrict we're hungry we have cravings because we're restricting ourselves too much and inevitably it kind of goes starts to move in move from this like binge guilt restrict binge guilt restrict cycle and that's like what I kind of see as this, this perpetual dieting cycle that people tend to find themselves in. So to answer your question, having the right mindset around this is so, so important around improving your nutrition, understanding that, of course, it's not going to be perfect. Even if you didn't have a child, it wouldn't be perfect because things just get in the way or we've had a tough day and we just want a bar of chocolate. Like that's absolutely fine. So understanding that you have to have that kind of mindset um, like good enough is good enough when it comes to nutrition and if you can just think like if you can't give 10 out of 10 which none of us can really especially when you're a mom anyway when it comes to nutrition I always say to clients a one is better than a zero so if you can give me a one 
I'll like that's a win and understanding what is an accomplishment an accomplishment is you improving your nutrition every even if it's ever so slightly like increasing your vegetable intake by one vegetable portion a day is a massive win it's an improvement yes it's not 10 but it's one or two it's it's a one or two out of 10 which is which is infinitely it's always going to be better than the zero out of 10 so it's the mind frame it's the, the mindset piece that is really important for us as well the other thing for busy mums is online shopping. Like I think it's so, so important. Like the, the rigmarole of remembering the shopping bags, bringing the baby, <laughs> they're screaming for snacks on the trolley. Like it's, it's fine. It's manageable. But I find that there's, it takes the, the planning out of it, if that makes sense. So it's so difficult to plan your meals when you're running and racing and hoping that they don't lose their <laughs> lose the rag in the shopping trolley um whereas if you can actually just if you have 10 minutes you can just add things into your trolley and say okay I need this for this and then I'm going to need this I'm going to need these herbs or I'm going to need this mince if I want to make a shepherd's pie or whatever so online shopping for me is a game changer um and the same with clients because it just enables you to plan your week better because you know yourself if if you've ever like kind of mindlessly done a shop, you kind of like two days later, you've done a week shop and two days later you open the fridge and you're like, there's fresh food here, but I actually don't have anything to marry these ingredients together. <laughs> do you know? I don't know what to do here. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one. Um, and then like in terms of energy, because obviously we're all stumped for for energy, especially like new mums. So a big thing is 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 trying to balance our blood sugars better. So our blood sugars kind of coincide with our energy levels. So if you wake up first thing in the morning and have a bowl of cornflakes, it's predominantly like a carbohydrate. It's it's really solely carbohydrates. And what it's going to do is increase your blood sugar. And then what goes up must come down. And when your blood sugar comes down, you feel tired, you feel narky, <laughs> you feel hangry, and you tend to reach for something caffeinated or sugary or both. So we can essentially what happens is you kind of send your body on this blood sugar roller coaster for the whole day because you keep reaching for those sugary foods that are just quick, convenient and are going to fill the gap um, only for your blood sugar to dip again. And the whole thing happens again. So you have this blood sugar roller coaster and therefore this energy roller coaster. So we can learn to manage our blood sugars better than we're, we're much better able to manage our energy level. So a really simple way there's kind of two main, main ways so choosing kind of more of like your whole grain carbohydrates there's more fiber in them therefore it's going to be a slow release in blood sugar that's important and then the other way is by creating a balanced plate or a balanced bowl or a balanced meal so the way we do that is a balance over other macronutrients so you shouldn't just look at your breakfast and just see carbohydrates. There should be a little bit of fats in there and there should be a little bit of protein. So just something as simple as instead of just having your bowl of oats, which is essentially just carbohydrates, throwing in your like your high protein yogurt, throwing in some raspberries, you're going to have some fiber there, which is going to slow down the digestion and um, throw in some nuts and seeds, which is, again, fiber and fats. And all of a sudden, not only is is that a way more nutritious breakfast but it's going to make sure that you're actually fuller for longer um protein is a huge one because protein by nature is a more satiating macronutrient that actually keeps us fuller for longer so basing your meals more so around protein is really really effective and you'll know like you'll know yourself if you have eggs and bread and avocado you'll be full until lunchtime whereas if you have a bowl of cereal you'll be starving two hours later <laughs> you know and you'll be looking for a snack um so that's a big one it's just 
looking at looking at your plate every time you go to eat and be like is there a little bit of of everything on this plate if possible water I imagine as well instead of always turning to coffee um you know just trying to keep ourselves hydrated I definitely find I'm actually more tired if I drink coffee I enjoy the taste of coffee I enjoy the experience of a coffee I enjoy the setting within which a coffee seems to be teamed with but I find that my system gets really drained with coffee whereas like water if I'm tired I always feel like no more than a plant like if I drink water when I'm tired I actually kind of my my petals perk up a little bit more definitely and what's interesting is there's two kinds of people when it comes to kind of breaking down or metabolizing caffeine so we have what we call fast oxidizers or fast kind of processes and slow um, processes of caffeine. So I am absolutely a slow metabolizer of caffeine, which means that it stays in my system for ages and ages and just wreaks havoc. So I will find that if I have a coffee, like if I order, I tend to drink decaf, but there's the odd times that our coffee shop will get it wrong. And I will know like within 45 minutes because I'm just feel like just definition of sympathetic, like fight or flight. Like I feel like, someone's sitting on my chest I can't really breathe properly and I'm just so jittery so I would say there's certain people that caffeine actually suits them it's it's they can get away with a little bit more whereas if you're a slow metabolizer of caffeine and it stays in your system for a really long time that might suggest that it's not for you and then over time as well your caffeine tolerance increases Mm -hmm. so you're you might start with a a coffee a day and then you start to realize I'm not really getting the same buzz off this. And then you have two and then you have three and it just increases and increases. And eventually what happens is you're just, and you're just overexhausted. Like you're, you're pushing out, your body's trying to push out all these stress hormones and it's just not really working. And so sometimes what we try and do with clients that are experiencing that is try and start to like pair them back with their caffeine intake because as you said very often it can result in these really really big energy slumps and that's one thing that I notice with myself and that's why I try not to drink it anymore because I actually just do feel like my energy levels are more stable throughout the day without it um even though it's so easy to wake up in the morning and be like okay right coffee let's go um I do find that overall the benefits are much better without it I think that you've hit the nail on the head there, but it's just about stabilizing everything. Mm -hmm. And that can be particularly challenging around the fertility journey of pregnancy and postpartum and breastfeeding and getting back into your cycle because every single month your hormones are on that roller coaster. Adding in daily roller coasters of caffeine and sugar and dehydration and no sleep and stress it's enough it's enough all of a sudden you're like of course this is why we feel how we feel yeah and I remember you actually chatting about you're actually one of the first people first people I I saw chatting about it was postnatal depletion Mm. like I think at the time I was six months postpartum and I was like oh my god that makes sense oh yeah (laughs) that's me hello (laughs) yeah I was like wow this is like my biography (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. I, I, I I still like for me in my like and I'm very fortunate I know there are lots of people that have challenges along the way for sure for me that phase of the postnatal depletion time of like the four five six months postpartum full body crash like everything just gets switched off at the wall it's a hard shutdown 
Um, I'd love to actually, and at the time I was really, uh, only that I was so depleted, but I, I was motivated to know more, to educate myself more around why. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it's a thing. I'm sure it, you know, it, it happened to me twice, ex- almost exactly the same time frame, exactly the same experience. And when I reached out on Instagram, like you said, like, boring. yeah, I remember that huge outpouring of like, why do we not know about this? And what's interesting is when I saw that post and was in the trenches at the time, I actually looked to the research and just couldn't find anything that was like the research just isn't done. They're not going to take yeah. a lot of women who were given out about being so tired and put them through a research trial, you know? So it's really, really difficult to know. Like, I think for me, a big part of it is that. I was just so I think for the first few weeks you're just running on adrenaline and that eventually like in the same way as cough like caffeine stops working the adrenaline is just like it's your body just isn't receptive to it anymore it's almost like your your adrenal glands which like release your cortisol and release release your adrenaline they're just exhausted um, and they just can't put out what they used to be putting out that might be part of it um and like a huge part of postnatally as well, like it frustrates me so much that women will take a prenatal multivitamin like for three months before they have a baby and then for the whole nine months that they're pregnant and they'll be on top of their nutrition. And then as soon as they have the baby, they just stop taking everything. And I'm like, no, like it's more important to take, be taken like on top of your nutrition and on top of your um, multivitamins. And I even say now, like after going through postpartum, I'm like, don't ever buy someone baby clothes, either buy them a vitamin pack or buy them some ready-made meals. <laughs> Something that makes their life easier. Yeah, because they've they've gone through so much and they're in the trenches, really. Um, so yeah, and again, you need to fill their cup a little bit so that they can give, give what they can to their little baby. I think we stop like the the stop taking the nutritional supplements that is like just one more piece of the clue as to how we observe ourselves in this relationship with us and our children we're not taking those supplements in pregnancy for us taking those supplements in pregnancy because we want to deliver the optimum level of health to our baby and as soon as baby is born it's like a little like everyone showing up at the door with the gifts for the baby a little like maybe at that postnatal depletion phase of four five six months it's when the help has worn off it's when you're expected to return to work it's when you're expected to be yourself again 100 percent. that's a huge part of it is the expectation it's a bit like oh well, you've had the baby now like you've gone through the the first few weeks like it's almost like you feel i'm sure it's not the case well it isn't the case obviously but you feel like society is a bit like okay now get on with it yeah that makes sense yeah and I think as you said it's because people stop being so like interested in the journey and they stop visiting like the novelty's worn off for everyone and you're a bit like okay and then the mental load starts coming of like okay now I need to like start doing the washing because that's been piling up and I should probably get back to work a little bit and in hindsight like I went back to work way too soon like it just ultimately like what was the point was I trying to prove something probably because that's we've been told that you have to make it look as though this hasn't impacted you in any way yeah we're told that you have to make it look as though this has enhanced your entire like ability to do x y and z as opposed to you know left you feeling maybe a little bit depleted and drained and tired and shook 
um, and the village isn't there. It just isn't. And if we do too much, if we if we try and live the way that we've been told that we're supposed to show up, the crash comes. Yeah. And that that's what happens to me. And, as, and that's the learning of like, well, no one shows up at my door and says like, hi, we're your team to put you back together again. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, I've got to do that now as well. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> Add that to the list, putting me back on it. But <laughs> what I love to hear though is like, there are answers to those red flags. Listen to your body. If your body is telling you something, don't minimize it by telling yourself that you're failing because you're feeling a certain way. Mm-hmm. Listen to what it's trying to tell you because there's probably a very natural solution to what it needs. That might just be water. It might just be that extra sleep. It might be talking to somebody. It might be seeking professional nutritional advice and support, or it might be looking at how your hormones haven't been allowed to rebalance because your body is just held in that stress. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are lots of really normal things that are occurring when we're trying to keep our baby safe at a time when like we're all probably still carrying, I don't want to say it, but we're probably still carrying the anxieties of the last few years. The world isn't exactly a safe place right now. Um, and it can all just feel, I suppose, when your heart is being so like, torn open with a baby arriving your empathy levels are massive your intuition your need for security and safety is massive you cry at a television ad and I think it's it's understanding that becoming a mother is a journey like it's what we call matrescence it's the same as in the way that we become we go from childhood to adolescence and there's this massive change and there's so much that goes along with moving from childhood to adolescence and there's so many changes and we're trying to cope with so much whereas it's the exact same with matrescence the exact same from going from no baby to to being a mother and I just don't think that we give or even society gives us enough credit for having to just go through the ebbs and flows of how difficult it is it's not just all of a sudden you have you don't have a baby and then you have a baby and it's you just become a mother but that transition hasn't changed yet that you haven't really your your body hasn't gone through matrescence if that makes sense your mind hasn't gone through matrescence and just understanding that it's a, a journey it's not something that happens overnight is so incredibly important and you're not being selfish by still caring for your needs as you have done for your life beforehand. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for your education on this episode, but also your honesty in terms of how you're adjusting to this. Um, I think I've I've now got my five year badge of honor and I can tell you I'm still adjusting (laughs) massively. Um, I still do not know what I'm doing, but I am trying to stay more conscious that like, I'm, I need to I need to be okay and I need to teach my children what self-care looks like yeah absolutely Love thank, thank you so nice to chat to you thank you so much for listening and to Water Wipes the world's purest baby wipes for their support proven to be purer than cotton wool and water water wipes are made with just two ingredients and are 100% biodegradable plastic free and compostable wipes so you can do what's best for your baby's skin 
and help protect the planet. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe, rate or leave a review. Share this episode across social and get in touch with this week's guest at The Fit Clinic on Instagram.